0: Hello, welcome to the Future Proof podcast from the north of England with Sarah Hall and Stephen Waddington. We'll be talking about what's hot and what's not on the internet in
1: marketing, the media and public relations. I'm sat with Sarah Hall up in the north of England. It's been a while since we've got together to talk about Future Proof and uh, do a podcast. Sarah, how how are you getting on?
0: Good, thank you. We're going to have to do this more frequently because there's lots of new. Getting food. your
1: time is the becoming well, a problem.
0: Well, you know, but there's loads of new podcasts out there which are great. So we're going to have to up our game a little bit here.
1: Uh, there are who's so who's launched well, Paul Sutton's Paul got Sutton's got a podcast? Paul Sutton's got a great one, yeah. Yeah, digital download and of Who course else?
0: order. Is it order? How you say it? Russ Russ's uh, order communications. Yeah. Russ Goldsmith. He's done three C-suite. for... C suite. Yeah, he's done three for CIPR as well. Right, uh, he's which he's brilliant.
1: He's a long-term podcaster, like though, Russ. Yeah, that's
0: true.
1: Anyway, yeah. Note to self: up your game. And to you,
0: <laughs> thanks. Well do um,
1: Facebook. Weatherspoons, what you've been up to? Why are you so CIPR. busy? Yep. Yeah. Uh, IMPR, let's kick off with where you are with uh, the CIPR. Yeah. Your president for 2018. How's it going?
0: It is good, hectic but good and it's been a really positive first quarter and start to the second one really
1: Right so you published a report at the end of Q1
0: Yep and we That had... wasn't
1: very original
0: Ah uh, shut up just because you introduced it the first time round Anyway, it's good no to have one it one back. Else did it. It's really important to be held accountable. With what we, right. know. we talk about transparency all the time, so I think it's really important. But uh, it's lovely, and actually, it's a really good way of looking back at what you've achieved and um, what our volunteers are doing, which is fantastic uh, because um, so much great um, work. Cut to gone. the chase, highlights. Highlights. We had our 70th anniversary event at St. Bride's, which was a really lovely uh, service. Um, I think most people know that my big drive this year is about um, reasserting public relations as a Strategic management function, and to that end, uh, and educating the business community and employers about what we do, uh, the CIPR has joined the CBI. Um, they talk about the value of business, and we talk about the value of PR to business. So that's hopefully going to be an incredibly uh, useful and powerful partnership. And I think probably um, that's the most the thing I'm most proud of from the first quarter of what we've achieved so far.
1: So we're doing a we're doing a crowdsourced book, aren't we? That I'm you've invited me to edit. Thank you. Um, that I think... Is it right? Caroline Ferdinand agreed... The Director General of the CBI has agreed to do the forward of it.
0: That's right. And we've also got Josh Hardy, who's her second-in-command, who's going to be at the National Conference on the 29th of November. So that's a shaping up brilliant... And that's about accountable leadership. I think that's
1: an exclusive, actually, because we haven't... I haven't
0: disclosed that. I've just let it slip. There you go. There we go. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay, so lots going on. How do people find out more?
0: Well... Uh, the CIPR underscore UK Twitter feed is absolutely brilliant, but also it's newsroom online, CIPR.co.uk.
1: Okay, and Sarah, if you want to connect with her on Twitter, is at Hallmeister.
0: Yeah, I mean I've barely covered off anything we've been doing. It's well worth having a look. It doesn't matter whether you work in uh you know, mainstream public relations, you're in public affairs, you're in internal comms, there's something for everybody there.
1: Um uh, does very good Twitter. Right. Let's talk about Facebook and the woe it has faced over the last six months. This is a conversation that's just got louder and louder. Um, The issue about data privacy, it was completely blown open, though, by...
0: Cambridge Analytica. The
1: Cambridge Analytica story, and a good old-fashioned exclusive...
0: Yeah, so Carol, By the Guardian, yeah, card Cardwell, Cardwallader. I'm not sure how that pronounced her name uh, correctly there, but very, very tenacious journalist who, despite loads of cease and desist legal letters, has just ploughed uh, on and on to under- un- un- uncover what's been going on here. Quite terrifying, as well, in fact, in terms of you know the widespread use of one app has allowed uh, a third party to data harvest uh, on an unprecedented scale. Facebook had a complete, um, well, failing in governance, having found out that there was data uh, harvested, asked for it to be deleted, but never followed up apart, just took a a letter of assurance as read, um, and never came clean about it either, so didn't publish anything um, until it was forced to, what, a month ago?
1: Yeah, a month ago by a uh, leak um, whistleblower from Cambridge Analytica or the former Cambridge Analytica team. So now, and this story is really gathering pace. Um, Facebook, to its credit, has immediately um, locked down um, the use of, of second and third party data in the way you've described through apps. In fact, you haven't been able to do uh, what um, the researcher... Uh, who passed data through to Cambridge Analytica uh, have managed to do for, for some time, but they've also locked down um, the API, and we're seeing it tighten up its, its privacy. Meanwhile, it's conversations happening in Westminster um, through uh, um, select inquiry hearings. Uh, conversations in Westminster, in uh, sorry, in Washington, um, uh, calling um, Facebook to to account. Regulators have started to get involved, so. Um, the FTC and the like. And I, you know, this is going to be the next six to 12 months for Facebook because it's held under scrutiny. And frankly, I can't see any way, but in fact, in a congressional hearing uh, two weeks ago in Washington, um, Facebook was asked whether it was, well, Mark Zuckerberger, the CEO of Facebook, was asked whether he thought um, Facebook was a monopoly or not. And he, he said not. Um, but I, I can't see how. You could deny it was anything but a, non, a monopoly, especially when you add in things like the Instagram and WhatsApp platforms. So, huge scrutiny. Um,
0: but there's no sign of people coming off the platform or well, having so, over... So, let's
1: talk about that. Public awareness of the issue is heightened, but uh, certainly around privacy issues. But no, the the so a campaign to, to um, delete Facebook... Which trended on Twitter for a couple of days around the congressional hearings before the congressional hearings in Washington resulted, you know, numbers um, vary, but resulted in about one percent of people leaving the platform. Now, given there's about two billion people, yeah, but actually I've got I've got starting from
0: me here. It says sixty-seven million people started using Facebook in the past three months alone. Right. I think we can safely say that most people aren't overly fussed.
1: No. No, well, so, so what happens with something whenever an issue like this? That's some
0: hoots, sweet, and we are social, by the way.
1: Okay, uh, that that we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. The, the what happens with an, an issue like this is it, it blows up, um, and people tend to react, and then it all quiets down. I think actually in this case. Um, facebook has become such a utility in our lives you know we use it to connect with friends and family so
0: we think the value of exchange yeah. is, is, is all right we're
1: prepared yeah. to put up with the fact that they use uh, our data to target us with ads and actually I, that doesn't sound like a bad thing when you know if you're giving if me valuable you want, if you give yeah. me valuable information in fact you know there's many brands that i'd quite like to have a, a better relationship with um, you know that aren't using Facebook as optimally or social media as optimally. But
0: I think this is a really can. complex story, and actually, I, I think a lot of the implications haven't sunk through. So, for example, when you get down to the uh, point that actually our voting behaviour may well have been influenced
1: by micro targeting using this yeah. second party data, yeah. and
0: also by the fact is that you know just by the fact you've shared data that you might have you think has no um, nothing to do with your voting preferences or, or you know, yeah. whichever way you So that's main. the
1: concern to me, the secondary use of data, the fact that I share data with, with Facebook and, you know, I accept the fact that, uh, it's going to use that data to target me, uh, to, to target me, uh, for its advertisers to target me. Uh, and if that's useful, then that's fine. Um it's the secondary use of that data if that data also it's like taken
0: at scale though so they're saying that what the the insinuation is here is that they can take details which are seemingly unrelated so Stephen has a hot tub Stephen buys green wellies Stephen likes levi jeans and they can take that and build a profile with fair with a fair amount of certainty and correlate that with other people and then you know they can get you they can pretty much document what your behavior will be and then target that way
1: good luck (laughs) but yeah you can see at at scale data at scale you know this is the whole discussion now about machine learning have not it
0: that hasn't quite permeated through for those who have it's incredibly worrying
1: okay there's two other issues that um, concern me that have come out through this discussion in the last month. Um, the first one is shadow profiles. Have you heard about this?
0: Yes, yeah, so this is actually, I think, another bit that if it ever does sink through, will start to cause people real concern. Actually, it will cause the people who are not on Facebook and the like the most concern because there's a reason they're so not on So what's the shadow profile? So this is where, for example, you've you've shared data about your mum who's not on Facebook, hmm. and then somebody else does, and they're able to build a profile just from those basic details. Again, gathering from your network and your community.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and they do that by the fact that oh, it's like uh, having
0: a test when you do that. <laughs> Come on, Sarah, you're telling the truth. Do you know what this is?
1: No, they do that by Thanks, Dad. they do that by upload w- when you upload your address book um, to f- the Facebook or you know you share your address book on with the app on your mobile phone. I never do that. That data is is gathered. So that's a concern that needs to be investigated. Secondly, just the the power of image sharing now. Um, it, it, it this came to me, I can't remember uh, what the instance was, but I loaded a photo up to a group within Facebook and it automatically recognised the individual. So it didn't suggest who it might be, but it recognised who the individual I see, was. I hate the
0: iPhone for that because it will literally put it into albums with those people in without me wanting to do that. Right. My, my iPhone is a, just a big cacophonous right. off and a mess so- of... Uh, visuals <laughs> i don't need it to sort it for me thanks
1: so photo well fo- tools like that though photo review they're pitched to us as, as uh features aren't they that help us organize our lives but you imagine that that is turned round. i mean yeah, know, but look at the new fa- home
0: office powers i mean they've been just been announced in terms of you know governments getting ever more powers to be able to look at our data and use it and then you add this kind of technology against it.
1: Well, so Facebook has a clearly has a picture of every single one of us tagged against uh, our profiles if we shared real data. Google the same. Um, Google Photos, the app that allows you to tag uh, and auto auto tag photos based on on uh, um, pictures in in your network um, and tag those against other people with Google Gmail accounts. Um, yeah, if that if that is ever reverse engineered um, so that I submit a photo and it recognizes the uh, individual concern, then yeah, that's a massive, massive security issue. Um, wow, where are we gonna leave that? Well,
0: well I, actually, it's quite a nice segue isn't to isn't it?
1: Well, I, I think, tip, go and look at your privacy settings in Facebook, go and look at the apps you're sharing data with be mindful whenever you use Facebook login and you're sharing content. Be mindful whenever you get prompts on the app uh, to share data. Not that you have a choice uh, if you want to continue to the to the app, but just you know, be more aware about this. Weatherspoons. So, yeah, Weatherspoons came off social media last week. Why?
0: Well, they said it wasn't cost-effective and providing any value for money, which kind of looked about right, bearing in mind the number of different <laughs> profiles so they have. 600 <laughs> profiles. Yeah.
1: Well, 600 All Weatherspoons with no properties. Uh, mainly using one for each uh, Weatherspoons. Uh, All
0: spouting out rubbish, though, weren't they? It was well, just, it's marketing, yeah. Posting yeah. shit
1: out onto the internet. Limited engagement. Actually, you know, uh, uh, for um, anyone working in the restaurant or travel trade, entertainment trade. Twitter is a really, really good platform. Facebook's a really, really good platform. But you've got to have engagement with your local community on a conversational basis. It doesn't work for if you want to push out marketing, unless it's, you know, one post in 20 that's sharing a menu or sharing, you know, a deal or talking about availability. But you can't do that constantly.
0: Yeah.
1: And you certainly can't do it with... with um, With 600 accounts and expect to be able to run those at scale.
0: Yeah, there was clearly no strategy behind it. I mean, there was just it was just splurging out things of pictures of steaks and here's a here's a beer and that kind of thing. So it wasn't terribly useful. Of course, there's now a new question over, you know, there. Oh, you've got a
1: conspiracy theory, right? Well,
0: it's not my conspiracy theory. This is. This is being investigated about the fact of where they... Obviously, the guy who runs uh, Weatherspoon's, forgive me if I've forgotten his name, Tim Weatherspoon. Um, is a, you know, broke satire, and there is a question mark over potentially whether he's shared uh, data, customer data.
1: With the campaign? Yeah. As part of the campaign? Yeah. Who's investigating that? Where have you got that? Guardian. Source it, right. Okay, good.
0: You are properly being like a school teacher today, aren't you?
1: <laughs> well, you know, you're in a... a Position of authority here We need to set source everything mm. 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 <laughs> Another ongoing story
0: Yeah but It's, it's going to be Watching that with interest I mean it yeah. seems to have Gone quiet again But that's not to say It's gone away
1: Yeah so don't do, it's do Allegedly
0: for, f- right now anyway
1: Don't do social media For the sake of d- Doing it Do it with purpose Rooted in
0: Same with anything
1: ROI Yeah Like life Facebook like life um, Let's talk about AI in PR
0: Yes, yeah, so you update us then, because you've been busy beavering away with um, the CIPR CEO, Alistair Macapra, and a very keen and willing team of volunteers. Yeah,
1: you? so we've done some fantastic work. This started back in October, November, doing as I do on uh, my blog every now and again, pushing out content and, and you know thinking around an issue. Uh, and sometimes you find other people uh, interested similarly in that issue, and this time... It was talking about AI and tech and the use of these technologies in uh, public relations and the potential implication. We ended up having a, through people that got engaged in that conversation via Twitter and email, we ended up having a lunch, uh, sorry, dinner uh, early in this year where we we tossed around some of the issues and what might be done to try and get a handle on this because this conversation in public relations and media actually in many areas of society is polarized between, you know, the robots are coming, techno panic and, and fear to um, completely ignoring the issue. It's not going to be a problem. Stop being ridiculous. Um, so this, this group set, set out to try and characterize firstly, tech in public relations and that revisited a project that i ran three years ago called pr stack so we've updated that we've got 150 tools and growing um that we've crowdsourced we're work, trying to work out a platform to publish and share that publicly so that people can review and comment on it so that that becomes an open source resource
0: evergreen type thing
1: yeah yeah and that so it truly does become a, a, a um a, you know living a, breathing piece of work li- exactly let uh, he me help it, you out there he said it far more eloquently <laughs> than i could uh, and then we've connected are uh, actually uh, jean uh, valand from uh, the canadian uh, fr- sorry from toronto in, in canada um uh, part of one of the societies over there is connected he's been very very much involved in the global alliances work around um Capability frameworks and defining capability fa- frameworks for, for public relations. And so Jean's led a project where um, he's matched um, the technologies that we've discovered and tools we've discovered against uh, capabilities in public relations across 50 different dimensions. We've then go out gone out and uh, pulled in around 20 reviewers to comment on that and scrutinize that piece of work. Uh, and actually, Alistair McCapra today is in Oslo sharing that with the World PR Forum. What we plan to do is publish that also um, via um, open source platforms, probably via the the CIPR again, for people to just scrutinise and, and challenge because this is such an emergent area. We've got a very really good handle, we think, on where technology is now and where AI is now. We've plotted it across five different. Uh, levels of sophistication from you know basic automation through to really really sophisticated applications of machine learning um, I would just want to put it out there and, and, and have people challenging it so w- what we want to do is you know, try and envisage what might be happening in 5 to 10 years time to, to um, look forward and you know, areas that we're finding um, where uh, public relations is unlikely ha- to have um an impact are around um ethics and presentation and human interaction so it's a really interesting piece of work uh, and thanks to alistair for taking that to the world pr forum today in oslo and presenting it and you know watch out for more
0: sorry i'm just laughing i'm getting eyeballed by madge we, we shut her out of the room in case she made any noise and now she's gone through and round the conservatory so she's looking in the double doors Mournfully. <laughs>
1: we should do this on the perm. Um In a proper studio environment, but alas. No, yeah. actually, technology technology means you can set up a studio It's anyway. authentic. It's
0: great. Authentic. Good. Now, where are we up to?
1: Uh, final thing, future-proof.
0: Yes, I'm so excited because this is going to launch in the next couple of weeks. So, start May, number three. Uh, we'll hit the desks of those who, who would like to see it. Really brilliant book um, about based on the NHS at 70 just like the CIPR it's celebrating uh, its anniversary this year and I've had some of you know diva submissions through from really senior comms experts within the network Uh, and it's incredibly thought-provoking and it's got some really good takeouts in terms of um it you know, you read it as a whole, and the consistency of messaging is so strong. Um, for example, about organisations and trusts, and how the best people to put forward to speak on behalf of the organisation is employees. Um, things like um, actually, the, the the bearing in mind the challenges facing the NHS, how its lifeline might be in communicators' hands because uh, of the public engagement that's needed. Um, to help, um, but get engender buy-in for the change that's required for, for healthcare, um, because we're all wedded as a, as a, you know, as members of the public to healthcare as we know it, which means GP practices, hospitals on every corner, and actually that isn't the future of PR. You know that you know a lot of you getting a lot of. Top notch uh, expertise and in technology in, in, bus- in buildings that's sometimes not fit for purpose. And actually, healthcare will start to go more into the community as technology improves. And, um, you know, it's just going to be a very, very different beast. But um, people want to invest in the NHS, they want it to stay the same, and, and that's not its future, that's not a sustainable future. So the role of the comms person here is very much to do that public engagement piece to take everybody on that journey and make sure that um, key stakeholders in the government. Uh, understand what's needed, and again, go on the journey together. But really, really lovely book. I was, I was admittedly a little bit nervous about doing uh, something that's quite niche, but it really does play very well what's for anybody. What's the plan? Who comes. What's
1: the plan for sharing it?
0: So I'm just waiting for the Kindle version to come through. I've got the hard copy right in front of me. You can hear it. There's, that's the pages turning right there. Um, and um, so this has just been had a final proof, waiting for the Kindle to come through. Press release is ready. Go live, start May. Um, once I've told all the community what the plan is, and we've got the different chapters uh, uploaded. Because uh, for those who aren't aware, we uh, self-publish via Blurb, so you can order uh, the book um, once we go live. We also do a Kindle version, but you will. We do release a chapter a day uh, via the We Are proofed uh, Twitter handle,
1: okay, so you can access this free. So. This has been running, what, two and a half years now? How many yeah, contributions, right. how many essays have you got?
0: We've got, uh, it's including uh, occasional chapters, uh, which occasionally, you know, which run... Occasional essays, yeah. Yeah, occasional essays, which run in between books. Uh, I think there's about 111 contributions, all told. Right. Very so, specific. That's a very precise
1: <laughs> number. More than 100. I was, I was
0: totting it up the other day. Okay, good. But my maths isn't always my strongest I'll point. i look forward to it. It's brilliant. I mean, like I say, there's some really, really interesting themes. And like I say, it's not just about the NHS. It, it just, obviously, that's a, that's a key part to it. But if you want to know about public engagement, uh, how the media perceive, comms professionals, CPD, leadership, there's a brilliant chapter about social leadership in terms of formal uh, authority um, versus social authority, and that's by Julian Stodd. I, I, you know, I would really encourage people to look that out. And there's loads about um, how you marry comms objectives with organisational objectives and how we should be measuring. It's just really solid stuff. And I, I, yet again, thank you to everybody who's involved. I've learned a heap. Honestly, it's, it's my best form of CPD doing this book because yeah. I, I feel like my practice has improved immeasurably since I started this. Very good. Uh,
1: I'm excited about what's it. What's next?
0: What's next? I have got an idea for number four. That's have what you? you're asking.
1: Have you? Yep. Seriously?
0: Yep. And I've got um, someone going to have it with it. You know? No, no, no. Really? Internal so, comms.
1: All right. Okay. Because you had uh, the, the NHS team got behind us, didn't they?
0: Totally. And um, the forward is by Anthony Tien, and who is the man who is basically NHS 70. Right. He is making everything happen this year. Um, and you can imagine the scale of that, bearing in mind the scale of the NHS. I mean, it's not one organisation, right. it's.
1: But then <laughs> very Rachel Montgomery. Royal, Head of Digital. Head of Digital, Claire Liz Riley, Davis. Liz Davies.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, loads of people and loads of very senior. We got really senior buy in from the off, and I'm very grateful for that. It's the
1: first time I haven't ran the forward.
0: Ah, oh, poor you. I think it's better for it. <laughs> Let, it <go. laughs> Let it go. You are mentioned. Um, and you I? do get a thank you and the do I? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for the patience. Good.
1: <laughs> Right. uh, Where shall we go now? We're done. We're done. Um, Tips. Tips, yeah. Um, You're not stealing
0: mine. I'm going first. (laughs) Uh, GDPR coming round very soon. Make sure you're up to date with it. Uh, The legislation is all about protecting the privacy of EU citizens, which is very pertinent, bearing in mind how we started off with Facebook. Um, And it's all about preventing data breaches. Uh, it's coming into force very soon. It's the 25th of May, so you've probably already been deluged from brands who want to keep you on their mailing list. So I'm getting about 17 of those emails daily, which are just driving me to distraction. But obviously, it's really pertinent to us as comms people. If we do hold data, uh, you know, if you've got your own newsletter going out, you, ne- you really need to be very considerate of this because we don't know how heavy-handed they're going to be in policing this, and there are significant fines for people who are not compliant.
1: So there was a brilliant blog written by Daryl Wilcox, who's the founder of SourceWire. I, I asked him the question, what does GDPR mean for wire services and people who have databases of journalists? Um, and he answered that very succinctly uh, via a blog post that you might want to check out if you're concerned about how you manage your uh, media database. I will link to it, yeah. Um Tip for me, I'd, so events. I I'd challenge anyone listening to the podcast if you're an event organizer or you're involved in events in any way whatsoever to think about them because I've been to, well, first of all, I've been invited to speak at a couple recently that have been cancelled um, at late notice. Um, and I think we've, we're, um, two things are happening. I think we, we've got a bit of event fatigue. Because there are so many things We need a clash
0: on. diary, don't we? It needs to be a PR clash diary. Oh, I
1: think, you know, there's too many events. Too many organisations are organising too many events. And let's not go down the rabbit warren of, of you know, competition between associations. Um, but there simply is. There Ooh, are too many. Provocative. Too many events. Well, there are. You know, too many awards, too many events. Um, and, and there needs to be some sort of market consoli- consolidation. That's the f- first thing, because we're all busy. Um Second thing is, just from a content perspective, um, you know, rethink the format uh, of, of those events. And if you're an event organiser that's, you know, putting on panels or putting on, um, putting on you know, traditional one-day conference-type events, I think we're tired of them. I think Do you, know you, what's you really need good? some new thinking around Credit where it's formats.
0: due. I sat with Kat Morgan at the CIPI the other day, and she gave me an update on how the Northern Conference is shaping up. And I'm really impressed with that format I mean if that comes good as it's planned it's going to be a little bit different to the usual and I love their new approach which is you may have seen it with Influence Live they're asking members to vote on Influence, For example, if you get influences there, which kind of influences right. are you looking for? So it's kind of generic in subjects. So we're not giving people names and saying, pick between these people. But we're saying, well, what's good. your subject matter? Right, it's just that's really good. good engagement. Okay,
1: good public relations. Listen to what your public wants and deliver them what they want. Exactly, Involve but it the doesn't always happen. Well, you know, well, yeah, people take we know that. Be, mm. we, we, be careful the crowd you ask to crowdsource um, because you could end up with extraordinary odd results. We're good. Um, so yeah, just think through those. I the, the ones I the event I've really v- um, valued recently are where you go along and you actually learn something by doing something. So you know, um, I don't want to hear about how um, I don't want a lecture on how to measure a PR campaign. I want to sit down and I want someone to help me show me how to measure a campaign. I don't want to. Um, learn the theory of promoting content on Facebook or Twitter sit down and let's promote some content on Facebook and Twitter so much more valuable learning by doing okay <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> yeah thanks everybody So next time we will be back sooner next time
0: absolutely let's do it
1: alright thanks have a good day Thank you for listening to the Future Proof podcast with Sarah Hall and Stephen Waddington. You can follow Sarah on Twitter, at Hallmeister, that's
0: H-A-L-L-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, and Stephen at Wads, W-A-D-D-S. For more information about Future Proof, visit futureproofingcoms.co.uk. Until next time, see you on the internet.